Welcome to the Wannabe Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Amos Medford, the wannabe hunter. Thanks so much for taking some time to jump on today and listen. I'm extremely excited to be joined by Giles Cantor of N1 Outdoors. Giles and I get into all kinds of things that they're doing with N1. Definitely check out their website. They have some awesome tools if you're bow hunting to check out your arrows and draw length and all that good stuff that you need to know but you might not want to do the math on. So check out N1, some other good articles uh, and reviews on there, and some fantastic shirts and hats that they offer as well. So definitely check them out there. But I hope you guys enjoy as we talk about hunting and uh, N1 and all that. It was a lot of fun for me. Giles is a great guy. They've got a good thing going with their company, and I think y'all will enjoy listening to him. Thanks again for tuning in. Welcome to the Wannabe Hunting Podcast. This is your host, Amos Medford, and I'm happy to be joined tonight by Giles Cantor of N1 Outdoors. Giles, how you doing tonight, man? Doing well. Good to speak with you, Amos. Awesome. Thanks for taking the time. And, you know, just, just want to get started and see kind of what your background is, how you got into how you got into hunting and how it's brought you to where you are with N1 and everything. Yeah, so... My dad, uh, when I was a kid, my dad took me fishing a lot. We never, we never actually had a boat, but uh, he took me fishing a lot on creek banks and lakes and rivers and that kind of thing. And so fishing was always something. And by the way, I say fishing where I'm from. So I know <laughs> all you English teachers out there, it's fishing, and, and I'm good with that. But I'm going to say hunting and fishing, so you'll know what I mean. But, but my dad um, took me fishing a lot, took me dove hunting a little bit um, growing up, and so that was, those were kind of my first outdoor experiences. And I just, I just fell in love with it. I love to fish. I love to hunt. And it was really college before I really did any meaningful deer hunting. But, um, mm-hmm. once I started doing that, just fell in love with that. And then and bow hunting, of course, is, is my passion as, as well as my two business partners within one outdoor. So, you know, that's how, that's how I was exposed to the outdoors and, and I'm thankful to have a dad who would take the time to, to do that with me. Yeah, that's awesome. That's definitely cool. I, I kind of the same way. I spent a lot of time outdoors with my dad, but not really hunting. But uh, that's awesome that, that you got into it, and and it's kind of brought you here to a uh, you know to a business opportunity, which is which is really cool. And you know that you know kind of brings me to the question of how you ended up coming up within one. You know, what was the uh, what was the inspiration or the idea, or how did y'all? y'all decided to start in one outdoors. Yeah. So my best friend, you know, growing up like middle school, high school had two sisters and, um, I have a brother, but I never had any sisters. And so I kind of, I guess in a way adopted his, his two sisters as my sisters. So I was always kind of protective of them. And when my best friend went off to college and they were still in town where I lived, I looked out for them and tried to scare off all the guys that would come around and, um, and was able to do that a fair amount. But then, uh, and these two guys came along that married those two girls and I just couldn't find anything that I really didn't like about them. They loved to hunt fish like I did. And so, um, sometimes I even catch myself calling them my brother-in-laws, even though we're no, we're not related, but, but, uh, we just, we just began to hunt together, mostly, mostly bow hunt together. Mm-hmm. And I just found that we had a mutual, uh, love of the outdoors. Um, as we bow hunted together, we, um, we would 
often say as we got out of the truck or started walking to our stand, you know, I hope you put a hole in one. That's kind of the little saying that we started with. And uh, we did that for, for a couple of years and started talking about the possibility of, of that becoming a brand for us. And so mm-hmm. uh, we began to, to talk through, you know, what, what is this brand? What is this brand about? What does this brand look like and why is it important? And so <clears throat> as we started yeah. talking through what the outdoors means to each of us, what we found was that everybody had a different story. And so my story, like I just shared with you of, of how I got exposed to the outdoors was different than, than Mastin, who was my other business partner, and Josh, who was my other business partner. We mm-hmm. just had totally different stories, and we all like a lot of the same things, but how we got exposed to the outdoors was different. And so what we began to see is that, you know, the outdoor experience is different for everybody. And so why should we try to define what the outdoors is for people? Why not just celebrate the moments and what they mean to each person as they are? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where the idea come from came from uh, in one outdoors is hunting fishing in the outdoors all in one and uh kind of mm-hmm. a secondary tagline we have is where the moments happen we'll meet you there and so it's just a, a recognition that everybody's outdoor experience is different and in the moments and the memories you make while doing those outdoor activities is really where you get that foundation and that love of the outdoors and so we're just we're just about celebrating that with with people who love the outdoors and so we try to create products that revolve around that and obviously we want to make cool products that people like and want to wear because we're primarily an apparel company but but it's really just about connecting uh, in the outdoors so we have a lot of different taglines that use the in one like put a hole in one put a hook in one Uh, Mm -hmm. i like to do i like to noodle catfish so we have a put a hand in one shirt Uh, just things like that um we like to to use the branding in there, but, uh, but really it's just about celebrating those, those memories outdoors that, that you have that are so special. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I can definitely appreciate that. Um, you know, I love the outdoors. I love hunting. I enjoy, you know, fishing every now and then I've never, uh, you know, caught a world record bass or killed a giant buck, but you know, there's still so many memories that I have just from being in a deer stand and not killing anything, but you see some deer. I don't know. It's just, it's really awesome, you know, the memories that you do come up with as you're spending time, you know, outdoors. So I, that's that's pretty awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. And then what about the uh, the logo? How did that, uh, you know, M1 logo come about? That's a great story. So I, I like to refer to our logo and I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. I think it's a pretty good logo, but I like to refer <laughs> to our logo as the logo that took three years and five minutes. And so... The story behind that is, you know, we came up with this idea and uh, so I spent literally three years tinkering with this thing, trying to come up with a logo that that kind of captured what we were about, but was clever at the same time and uh, worked off and on with graphic designers we work with. And we just could never, we just could never get right with it. It got to the point where my wife walked by and I would be computer and she would just shake her head and roll her eyes like I can't believe you're still working on this thing after all this time so but uh after about three years one day I I started playing around with with the letter n and I thought what if you know what if we used um the number one somewhere in there since it's in one outdoors and I I flipped that one around 
had two ones backwards and upside down. And, and I just realized it made a letter in and I was super excited about it. So it was kind of a rough idea. I sent it over to our graphic designer and in five minutes after three years of not being able to do it in five minutes, he sent me over the logo we have now, which was basically refining the idea that I had sent over to him. So that's where we get the whole three years and five minutes. It, it happened super <laughs> quick once we finally got there. So Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, that's how it goes sometimes. You work and work, and it was that easy. It was there all the time. <laughs> that's right. No, that's super cool. That's awesome. And, you know, I've, I've been on the site a few times, and I've, I've seen some pretty cool apparel. Is that something y'all come up with the ideas and then um, work with your graphic guy, or um, how does that come? For the most part, yeah, we, we tend to have a hand in most of the designs that we do. And none of us, none of us are, are graphic designers for sure, but uh, we all are a little bit creative in that regard. And so we right. will sketch out some ideas or we'll come up with some ideas and shoot ideas back and forth. And then once we feel like we've got a, at least a concept that works, we'll turn it over to our graphic designer and, and, and let him kind of bring life to it. But, uh, you know, I'd probably, I'd say maybe 80% of our designs we've had some kind of hand in coming up with and, um, also, our designer's done a great job, and so we, we're thankful to be able to work with uh, folks that are way more creative than we are. But, yeah, we, <laughs> we do enjoy the process. We like being involved in it, for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Like I said, I, I've seen several of the shirts that, uh, you know, I'd, I'd definitely wear, so that's awesome. Thank you. That's good to hear. <laughs> Hadn't put in the order yet, but uh, I'm looking, so <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> No, that's awesome. And I, I saw the other thing on the on the website, you know, there's a lot of great articles some how to's all kind of all kind of stuff on there. Did, did that kind of come as a secondary thing? You know, once you started with the apparel and all to add some, you know, some instructional type stuff, you know, as far as hunting and fishing goes. It did. And, you know, um, everybody's got an idea and, and, and we were no different. We're like, we're going to print a million t-shirts and every we're going to sell these things out in 10 minutes and it's going to be awesome <laughs> and more and, but you know it's it's as our graphic designer likes to say it's a bloody ocean out there everybody's got a, a fishing shirt everybody's got a hunting shirt um mm -hmm. so having apparel and designs that are cool is 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 really a small part of the equation and we realize that you know we 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 officially became a business entity in 2014, which probably 2016 before we actually put out our first apparel designs. But we just started realizing, you know, mm -hmm. this is about more than selling some t-shirts. And so, you know, let's, let's create content. Let's put out information that's helpful to people that hunt and fish and like to spend time outdoors, camping, hiking, whatever it is. And so mm -hmm. I had a little bit of a background with um, search engine optimization and was able to, uh, to, to help contribute in that way. And so we've, you know, we've written a lot of articles ourselves on our website. Uh, we've, we've also partnered with a lot of folks in the industry that are really good at what they do, um, that have, that have written guest articles for us. And so we just like to keep cranking out content. I know YouTube's a huge driver right now in this generation videos, definitely a big deal. Um, and we have a YouTube channel as well, but, um, you know, people still do like to look up things on the computer on their laptop or desktop or phone and, and read an article and look at pictures and look at videos on how to do things. And so we just try to provide information that's helpful, um, whether you bow hunt or deer hunt uh, or you're hunting other types of things. You know, we've got articles on, you know, the deer antler 
growth and shedding process. We've got articles mm-hmm. on how to tie a Palomar knot, how to tie a uni knot. There's all kinds of things that, that we put out there. And when we find that there are things people want to know, we try content around that. That's helpful. Yeah, that's awesome. I've, that's really cool. I like to read, you know, I still like to read articles. Videos are awesome. I love YouTube, but, uh, and of course I listen to a lot of podcasts, so there's that, but you know, I still like to read an article or see something, you know, listed out. Um, you know, it's kind of a different, different aspect to the learning process. So I think that's pretty cool. And, um, you know, and it, it shows that, you know, it, like you said, it's more than just selling, selling some t-shirts, which is cool, but you know, it's actually helping, helping people and, you know, giving some instruction, giving some direction. So, you know, to me, that's pretty awesome because there is a lot of people out there. I mean, you know, I started a podcast, there's like 7 million hunting podcasts. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. but you never know there, you know, as strange as it may sound, there may be some, you know, somebody who could learn something from my podcast, you know, that that doesn't listen to some of the big ones. So you never know. But uh, that's, that's a good way to look at it. You know, opportunity to help and, uh, you know, within building up, you know, a business and all that. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, we, you know. I had to figure a lot of this stuff out myself as far as, you know, especially bow hunting, you know, getting into that. I, I mean, I, like I said, my dad took me fishing and dove hunting when I was a kid, but we didn't do any deer hunting. And so, um, <laughs> you know, I had to learn all that on my own and didn't have anybody to tell me how to do it. And YouTube really wasn't much of a thing back then when that's <laughs> or, or around at all. And so, um, you know, I think it's important to have people that you can uh, mentor you or, or walk you through some of those things. I I think we live in a world right now where people can watch a YouTube video and all of a sudden they think they're the expert and um, YouTube's super helpful. I mean, I'm glad it's, I'm glad it's around. You can learn a lot from from watching things, but, but man, there's no substitute for just spending time with somebody who knows what they're doing and who's willing to share that information with you. And that's, that's really what it's all about. I mean, we get questions all the time on our, through our website, through social media, you know, how to do something or what would you do here? And, and we'll help people as much as we can. And sometimes we don't know the answer and we might have some contacts that know the answer, or we just might have to say, you know what, we're not smart on that idea, but we're not <laughs> smart on that skill. Um, mm-hmm. But we, we do like helping people. And we believe, you know, that the outdoor community is really a rather small community. And um, mm-hmm. it's really cool just to be able to be a part of it and be, uh, to help people where you can and, and teach them some things that you've learned, maybe the hard way in bow hunting, I can tell you, I've learned a lot of lessons the hard way. Um, so yeah, we're happy to share that with as many people as we can. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I'd like to get into some of the, maybe a, a bow hunting story or two at some point, but, uh, but, uh, you know, speaking of the website and everything and trying to help people, you know, I've seen you have a lot of, you know, arrow and archery related, like some calculators for like, uh, FOC. And then, uh, you're telling me about like the tuning wraps and stuff. Um, you know, anything, anything along with the calculators you'll have available or the, you know, the stuff with tuning, um, you know, you kind of want to go into or give a little info on so folks can maybe check it out on the website. Sure. Yeah. A lot of that came out of, again, learning some tough lessons. And so mm-hmm. a lot of this is recent of last deer season. So just had a few instances in the woods where, um, arrows just at the worst possible time just did not do what I felt like they should do. 
and they were things I couldn't answer. I couldn't, I couldn't just say, Oh, well that I just had a bad shot. It was more than that. I knew, and I knew it was more than that. And as I started digging deeper and deeper, um, what I found was that, um, like a lot of people I have been guilty of, you know, I'm busy, excuse me. I got a family, I work, got another job. And, uh, you know, I always have time to be out in the backyard, you know, shooting rounds of arrows every day after work. And so, um, mm-hmm. I would do like a lot of people would do, which is I'm going to take this bow to my bow shop. I'm going to have them cut me a dozen arrows. I'm going to throw some, whatever the latest broadheads are on the end of these arrows and hope I get this thing back in time before deer season starts. And so I've done that several times and, you know, it caught up with me a little bit last year I had some bad shots on some animals and, and, you know, fortunately one of those actually shot a deer, a quarter and away shot, pretty hard quarter and away shot, but hit it just um, a little far back. Well, a little far back was the front of that hip and uh, mm-hmm. never found that deer. That deer did live and he, it's still alive pictures of it. And I'm looking forward to settling for this season. But yeah. um, as I began to dig into some of those issues, what I found was that I just wasn't, to be honest, I just wasn't taking the time necessary to make sure that my bow was properly tuned, that my arrow was properly tuned. And as I started digging even deeper into that, I got into bear shaft tuning and, um, uh, FOC. A lot of people have heard about the ranch ferry. I, I had some conversations with right. him. We have a pretty good working relationship now with him, Troy Fowler, and he's actually written several articles for our website. And so he really got me started down this road of, yeah. of testing. And I'm kind of one of those guys that when I get into something, I'm going all the way. So yeah. I didn't, uh, as I started dabbling, I realized this was going to be a really, really long <laughs> process. And so it really started right at the end of, of the last year and it's been going on since then constantly. <clears throat> and so, you know, I just found that nobody wants that arrow to fly straighter than me. And I've, we've got great boat shops in our area, but they don't want that arrow to fly as good as I do when it's, when it's go time. And so right. I just figured if I'm going to have, have to have confidence in what this arrow is going to do, I'm going to have to be the one to strip this thing down to a bear shaft, make sure that it's tuned from a bear shaft all the way up to when I put inserts in it and I square the ends of that arrow and I put that broad head on, I'm going to feel good about it because I know I did it. And then if I miss that deer in deer season, then I know it's me. It's all me. There's no question because I put in the time to make sure that that arrow and that bow are are tuned properly. So a lot of these tools that we have on our website, you know, it's pretty easy to see. We love to bow hunt and we are guilty. So if you look on our website and you think, boy, those guys are bow hunters, we are 100% guilty. Um, <laughs> but, but a lot of these tools you'll see on there are to make some of these things in the process easier because we've done it the hard way. And it, there's just some things that make it a little bit easier. And some of it involves math. And I don't feel like doing a lot of that math every time I do this. So some of these tools and calculators that you see, we've got an FOC calculator. We've got a kinetic energy and momentum calculator. We've got an arrow speed calculator, draw length calculator. Those are just things that just help make life easier for the bow hunter when they're in this process of, uh, you know, whether it's tuning your bow or tuning your arrows um, or figuring out your draw length or just figuring out, Hey, what the heck is archery all about anyway? How did it start? What's the history of archery? What are some tips for, for, for me, shooting wise that'll help me be a better bow hunter you can find all that on our website and so that's where the content ideas come from is a lot of it's just us figuring out what we didn't do right and trying to share that and make tools that make it easier for people to figure that out 
Yeah, exactly. That's that's cool though. I've, you know, I've definitely already punched some numbers into a few of the calculators and you know try to figure out a few things. So that's very helpful. That and then uh, earlier too, I was reading a, an article um, by Troy Fowler, and I was like, "Dude, I know who the ranch fairy is." You know, I've seen some of his stuff on on yeah. YouTube, so that's pretty cool that he's uh, you know giving y'all some some content. Yeah, he he's uh, he's very helpful. I don't even really know how he does it because I know people will call him all the time. He actually called me today. We had a good conversation. Nice. Um, you know, he's always tinkering and 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 delving deep into the scientific stuff about aeroflight. So, you know, half the time I feel like my brain's on fire after I hang up the phone with him. But um, you know, he's out there and he's doing the work. I mean, he's not he's not just a funny guy putting out videos. He's he's doing the work, and he'll tell you like this this stuff's on you as a bow hunter. Like you got to be willing to take the time to do this and mm -hmm. do it right. Or you're going to have poor results or you're going to injure an animal and you don't kill it or you don't recover it. Um, mm -hmm. and so, you know, that's, that's not what we want to do. I mean, yes, mm -hmm. we're hunters. We're looking to take an animal, but we want to do it in the, the, the quickest and most ethical way possible. So you got to put in the work to do that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's awesome. Now I know you said there was a few, um, you know, tough situations. You mentioned the one with the, uh, with the deer there that you, uh, confirmed that he made it and all that. But, uh, is there any, uh, other stories from either last season or maybe another previous season that, uh, that you want to tell about, uh, bow hunting? Yeah, man, last season, I, I really don't like talking about it, but you know, <laughs> I like to be honest with people. So, I've already told you that one story. I don't even know that I've told many people outside of my partners about that. But, uh, you know, I had another situation where I had a really good deer. It was early November. The rut was was on pretty good here in South Carolina. And South Carolina is not really known for just giant whitetails. I mean, you're, you're not going to find us on that list of destinations mm -hmm. where people are just dying to go to go bow hunt. But, hey, that's where I live, and, and, and we work with it. But uh, I had a really good deer that was – right under my tree and chased doe had stopped right under the tree. And I was at full draw waiting to take about two steps out from under me so that I could, so that I could get a shot. He was quartering away, which is what I was, was, was looking for. But, uh, mm -hmm. he took those two steps and I let the arrow fly. My arrow hit a, a one inch diameter tree, um, mm. and basically fell to the ground. That deer lived to see another day. So hopefully I will see that one again as well, but it was a tough season early on. Um, we, uh, Josh and Mastin and myself take a trip every fall in November, uh, to South Georgia and, uh, go bow hunting there on a family farm. And, uh, we, we all three were able to harvest a whitetail on that trip. So that was pretty cool. And in the nice. years that we trip, uh, n never more than one of us have done that. And all three of us were able to do that on that trip. So it was a little bit of redemption there at the end of, at the end of the season or toward the end of the season. But, uh, yeah, I mean. I think hunting is not just about the success stories. Again, we're, we're in an age where social media, I mean, you get to see all the highlights and everybody's, you know, smiles and giggles, but man, hunting is a heartbreaker sometime. And after, uh, after losing that, that one and then missing that other one, it was, uh, man, I was down the dumps on bow hunting, but, uh, oh, yeah. you know, you always have moments that bring you back. So, yes, sir. Yep. I have a more embarrassing story that I've, I've shared on a previous episode, <laughs> so I won't put myself through that again, but I might, uh, I might give you the short version after we sign off. 
Yeah, and I'll go listen to that one too. <laughs> yep, I can tell you which one it is. Oh man, no, I hear you. That's that's awesome though. But that's what it's about, you know. If you mess up, you find a way to improve and make sure that doesn't happen again. That's right. That's awesome. So, um, you know, we've been talking about bow hunting pretty much the whole time. What's your what's your current bow bow setup? And if you want to mention your arrow, you know, you can get get as technical as you like. Yeah, and I'm not going to win any points with the bow manufacturers on this one who who <laughs> probably want you to buy a new bow every year. I am still shooting the same bow I have shot since probably 2008 or 2009. So I'm shooting a Matthews DXT. Wow. Um, I have been shooting that, like I said, that whole time. And, um, I, you know, I have changed some And, uh, you know, with the whole FOC process and bear shaft tuning, um, I do build my own arrows and I'm shooting a serious Vulcan arrow, 300 spine mm-hmm. and, uh, good arrows. And this year will be hunting with a couple different broadheads. Um, we're going to be hunting with, uh, the Magnus black Hornet Serrazer, the iron wheel broadheads, and also the afflictor K2, mm-hmm. you others. But, um, again, we got lots of broadhead reviews on our website for those of you who are, might be listening that are interested in that you can find a lot of that information but but you know really building those arrows um for my for my setup is really how I, we came up with the the intune arrow wrap and you can find those on our in our store on our website but as i as i got into this bear shaft and knock tuning process with arrows i found that it's just a, it's super tedious and it takes a ton of time you're twisting the knock um a lot of people will twist it a quarter turn um, and test it that way and just go around uh, around the shaft, twisting that knock until they get a bullet hole through paper. Well, what I found was really an eighth of a turn is really better because there, there are variances between quarter turns that can affect how that arrow flies. And I just found that, man, this is super tedious. So we came up with an arrow wrap that allows you to knock tune. Just It just keeps it way easier of a process. And so... Uh, we've also, you know, you're also able to mark which arrow it is because those are some other things. And you know, when you're when you're testing these arrows, you want to mark which arrow flies better or maybe doesn't fly so well. And so it lets you um, mark those as well on the uh, arrow wrap itself, and they're reflective. And so that's one of those things that came out of, you know, just getting in there and doing the work and figuring out, hey, this is a product that that is helpful to me, and I know it's going to be helpful to other people who not tune the arrows. Mm-hmm. And so. Yeah, it's been fun to be able to do that and be able to see people, you know, are able to use that and help them in that process. But yes, man, still shooting the Matthews DXT. So I don't know whether Matthews is happy or sad about that. Maybe they're happy. Maybe they wish I'd buy a new Matthews. But uh, yeah, it's it's done really well for me, and you know, I continue to use it to this day. So that's cool, man. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. They probably wish you buy, but <laughs> <laughs> I probably probably so. That's awesome though. I have an old bow as well. I actually got it on Craigslist for like forty dollars. It's a uh, PSE Rally, so yeah. probably the same. Of you know, maybe two thousand eight, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, somewhere in there. That's what you're shooting. Yeah, my first yeah. bow. Yeah, my first bow was a PSE Thunderflight. I mean, that was a long time ago, but it was kind of the same deal. I think I bought it from somebody for fifty or seventy-five dollars, and. You know, it worked great till I was ready to move on to another one. So, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. <clears throat> but um, you know, that's 
that's awesome that you know it works and you just you just keep going with it what uh what kind of advice whether it has to do with gear or bow or uh philosophy mindset you know anything what kind of advice do you give to like a new or an inexperienced hunter yeah you cut out there for just a minute was the question what kind of advice i would give to a hunter or an outdoors yeah involved in the outdoors yeah, just like advice to somebody, you know, getting into hunting or, or whatever, kind of what, what advice would you give them, whether it's about gear or mindset or whatever? Yeah, I think, and we've touched on a little bit already. You know, I, I think what I would tell people is, you know, don't, don't get so wrapped up in the success that you think you see on social media, which is not always real. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've heard me tell a story that I really didn't want to tell, and it's about failure. But you know what? I learned a ton about those failures, and that's going to make me a better hunter. My partners, Josh and Mastin, you know, I don't know how much they learn from me, but I learn stuff from them all the time. And we, we trade ideas when we're out hunting together, and they think of things I hadn't thought of, and I think of things they hadn't thought of. And we're, we're all three live in different areas, so the, mm-hmm. the landscape for hunting and what it looks like is not the same in all three of those areas. So we're able to trade ideas and talk about those things. Um, but I would just say, you know, be willing to take advice and be willing to seek it out. And that just in general, I think that's just a great thing to learn when you're young. I probably didn't learn that soon enough, <laughs> but be, be humble enough to ask for help and you and hang around people who know what they're doing and who, mm-hmm. um, if there's something that you're interested in that you want to know more about, find, find somebody that, that, that you can, um, look up to or, or spend time with they can teach you about that, whether it's fishing or hunting or, you know, camping, hiking, whatever it is. And listen, right. and don't, don't tell them all the things that, that you're going to do. Just listen, just, just ask questions and, and learn from them. And that's, I think that's just so important in life is to just have a learning mentality because no matter how good of a, whatever you are, whether it's has to do with the outdoors or not, no matter how good uh, you fish or, how good of a bow hunter you are, you you always have something to learn and you will always be reminded at some point that you're not as good as you thought you were. Um, <laughs> you will have a situation that happens in the woods. I had a couple of them last year, like I said, that will remind you, listen, you're really not, you don't know everything. There's still stuff to learn. And so that's what I would say is just as far as a mindset goes, just be, just be open to learning and be um, humble enough to ask questions. That that'd be my advice. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that's that's kind of my goal with the podcast. I mean, I try to you know put my two cents here and there, just so you know, just so my guests can know where I'm coming from and some of that. But I I try to just ask and listen, and you know that's that's awesome. I appreciate that. But uh, you know, kind of jumping back to uh, you know to the N one outdoors and the website and the apparel and everything like that, you know, what's, what's next, you know, what's on the, on the horizon for, for N1. Yeah, we, we are going to keep, keep going forward with what we do, which is um, creating helpful, useful content and tools that, that help people that love the outdoors. Uh, We're going to continue to put out uh, new apparel designs you mentioned one of them uh early on uh, mm-hmm. we just released a new just passing through t-shirt design and so those are available in our store if you like to bow hunt um and we just recently also released a 
a performance fishing shirt. It's a redfish shirt where we partnered with um, an artist on that and design. And so that's, that's something that we've just had come out recently and we'll continue to do that. We, nice. you know, we're, we're on social media as well. So when we come across things that we think are helpful in video format, we'll release those um, on our YouTube channel. And so, yeah, we just keep doing that and keep uh, sharing our experiences outdoors with the people who follow us and people like you who want to have good conversation. Yeah, that's awesome. And, um, you know, between articles and other posts and videos and things like that, is there a pretty regular uh, posting schedule? Like, you know, you can check for stuff every week or is there anything like that? There's not necessarily a schedule. Uh, we do, uh, we do tend to let people know through social media when we have a new article or a new tool or a new video um, on our website or YouTube channel. So we, we do let you know, sometimes it's multiple times a week. Sometimes it's once a week and sometimes it's once every couple weeks. And so um, I will tell you, uh, Troy, Fowler, the ranch fairy he's he's just mm -hmm. uh, written a new article and we're working on getting that one ready so that one should be out in the next couple of days and we'll awesome. let people know about that uh but yeah so we 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 don't necessarily have a schedule like a lot of you out there who are in the outdoors you know um certainly we'd love to do it 24 7 but we have other jobs as well so we just try to work it in uh, with jobs and family and and things that we do here in the community yeah exactly that's awesome um, you know, kind of closing it out, you, do you have some, uh, you know, some trail cameras and things like that going, you know, kind of getting ready for the, uh, upcoming season? Absolutely. I mean, I can't hardly wait until both season starts, but yeah, we, we do run cameras a good bit. I actually have been running cameras, uh, year round since before mm -hmm. last season. So, um, I got a little bit. I got a little bit obsessed with those uh, bad situations that happened to me in the woods last year. So I've really been trying to keep tabs on, on certain deer. And so hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that'll pay off come bow season. But yeah, we, uh, we do like to run trail cameras and, and uh, get an idea of, you know, what the whitetail population might look like this hunting season for us. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And y'all are down to only like a couple weeks to go. Is that right in South Carolina? Yeah. Yeah, so in my part of South Carolina where I live, I'm I'm up in the northwest part of South Carolina, but uh, we start September 15th, but down in the lower part of the state, they start I believe August 15th. I mean, I can't even imagine uh the, the mosquitoes and the 100 degree uh heat and humidity that is happening at on August 15th, but obviously people do it, but uh I'm I'm happy to wait till September 15th. <laughs> I hear you, man. I'm in Northeast Florida, and uh, South Florida opened last Saturday, Ugh. July 31st, and it was on uh, private land in the South Zone. Uh, you could bow hunt, and uh, yeah, it was. I had a picture of my car and two up here. So, God bless the guys who went out down there. <laughs> I cannot imagine. I mean, that's. Yeah, that's that's rough right there. If you don't have a thermosail, I guess you need to invest in one if you're going to be hunting in 100 degree weather in uh, Florida. Yeah, you better have one. That's all I can say. I take one when it's above 60. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome, man. Well, Giles, I really appreciate you taking the time and uh, and coming on and kind of answering some questions about in uh, one outdoors, and uh, I really enjoyed it. And I I I could definitely see 
maybe doing a doing another episode in the future with you. Absolutely, man. I totally enjoyed it. We appreciate you having us on and uh, been listening to your your podcast also leading up to this. You're doing a great job and I appreciate your uh, your learning attitude and I think uh, that's going to serve you well. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in to the Wannabe Hunting Podcast. I think you can tell from the talk that Giles and I had that we both want to be hunting. And that's what it's all about. Whether you're a wannabe like me, whether you've got a wall full of giants, we just want to be hunting. And that's why we have podcasts about hunting. That's why we have TV shows about hunting. That's why we have YouTube channels all about hunting. That's what we want to do. I appreciate you jumping on. Check me out on Instagram. It's uh, at wannabe hunting podcast. You can check out the link tree there. You can see how you can support the channel. Check out some of the companies and items that we uh, recommend. So definitely check it out. Thank you so much for stopping by and hanging in till the end. Y'all have a good one.